They were just superpowered Joes with a clear idea of what truth was and justice. Yeah, even law and order. That's when I first decided I wanted to be a superhero or do anything I could to be around guys like that. Guys who lived and fought in a world of black and white, not murky gray. The Avengers, Cree Skull War, written by Roy Thomas, pencils by Neil Adams, Sal Bushima, and John Bushima. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in three. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to tell me to tell me when to go. And welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, Rick Jones, is the one, the only. I'm Rick Jones. Or am I a scroll imitating Rick Jones who goes by the name of Travis Ratz or Super Travis Ratz, the Super Scroll? Oh, Super. What would your what what would your what would the four powers you'd have be if you were a Super Scroll, Travis Ratz? Easy. Earth, wind, water, heart. Mm, leave out the fire. I like it. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where Travis and I delve deep into comic books, and you are on one such adventure with us as we are kickstarting a marvelous summer. And I don't it's mean mar- a marvelous, marvelous summer. summer. <laughs> We even planned that out beforehand. Yep, yep. And so, we're on key. A marvelous summer where Travis and I are reading Marvel books all summer long because we've been pretty DC heavy. Yeah. We've been, we've been just swimming in that DC pool. The DC. Uh, the DC. We are so excited about the Snyder Cut that we can't even handle. I'm not excited about the give Snyder Cut at all. Give me more cuts of movies. Give <laughs> me more versions of a movie I didn't like in the first place. Yes, yes, exactly. That'd be the equivalent of what's a movie that I didn't like and they were going to remake. Uh, give me uh, another cut of the Pacifier with Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes, I need to see it. Speaking of Vin Diesel and going way off track, I watched Bloodshot. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I just I have no desire to what. So Look, I, don't, I don't even have a desire I'm, to read Bloodshot comics, let alone watch a movie starring Vin Diesel I, and Bloodshot. I remember I remember Bloodshot from when I was a youth. Yeah. Reading it in the pages of Valiant Comics. Yeah. And it went low enough where it was three ninety nine to rent it. And I was like, huh. Do they call it bloodshot because after watching an hour and a half of it, your eyes just go completely bloodshot and your brain goes yes. dead? Yeah, because you start clawing at your own eyeballs because you realize Vin Diesel is not good. Um, so to get back to what we're talking about, Travis and I are doing a marvelous In summer a bloodshot we- movie. There's a there's I feel like there's a, a great opportunity for a Glock joke. You're like, what's wrong with your eyes? I've got glaucoma. <laughs> Boom. That- that would be good. No such jokes. <laughs> no, wasn't damn. funny. Wasn't there was <laughs> no puns. No puns in Bloodshot. No puns. No puns. All right. Gabby called it Blood Sport. <laughs> <laughs> better movie. Sounds like, like a better movie. 
from the loft, Renner yells, what are you guys watching? And Gabby's like, blood, b- blood sport. <laughs> it's blood spot. Uh, uh, hello, God, it's me, Vin Diesel in blood spot. <laughs> so anyways, are you there, God, it's, oh, you there, God, it's me, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Family. Uh, but, uh, Travis and I are doing a marvelous summer if we can ever get past the intro of this show. And we are reading a bevy of Marvel books. And we thought we'd start with the Marvel like universe of characters, right? Like yeah. you watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, and it is filled with all of the things that Travis and I read as we read the Avengers, the Kree Skrull war. Yeah. Now we went back in time, Travis. We're going back in time to some old, some old comics. And I'm trying to find the date on this bad boy of the original one. I was going to look that up before the podcast, but I, I just, I knew you were, you knew I was 1963. Uh, 1963. Right. 1963, babe. We haven't even gone to the moon, babe. Wow, it's so old. Uh, it's so old. It's <laughs> this is some old school comic booking, and it feels like it in the best ways and in the worst in ways. The, oh yeah, <laughs> in the best ways, the color pops. Yes, especially now. We were reading this digital. We should digital. say that. Oh yeah, yeah. We read it digital, uh, and uh, we decided to read this thing. And so, if you don't know. The Kree Scroll Wars uh, were, was written by Roy Thomas. Uh, uh, a, most a, famous for his uh, Buscemi uh, and him did Conan for a long time. And he, he's Roy Thomas is the, the Conan king. Yes, Buscema. Uh, Roy Thomas is also, I think, in the band uh, uh, Matchbox 20. No? Which one? <laughs> yes, I think it's Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. He, no, he's not in Matchbox 20, is he? he is, yeah, he was in Rob, Matchbox 20, and then he did like a Santana thing. Because Santana. it's a hot one, a little right, senorita. Right. And so, <laughs> when, so he was much, when he was much younger, he wrote The Kree Scroll War. <laughs> and you have a, you've got Neil Adams on this, Sal Buscema, John Buscema, a whole bunch of inkers. Do you think Steve Buscemi can play Sal Buscema in a movie version of uh, Marvel? Maybe. I don't know that they looked anything alike, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares, so, babe? Who cares, babe? So we read this, and uh, you you read the little essay in the front, and it's essentially like, I guess we're going to do, I guess we're going to do aliens. And I guess that's what we're going to do. And so they wrote the story, and it's 60s comics, so it definitely feels like... um. 60s comics well right? here's here is what we what we have going into this i think here is what people tout about these nine issues is these nine issues in the, the 1960s they kind of predated the event comics of the 1980s and 1990s. oh i lied this is 1971 to Thank 72 you. okay it seemed 60s seemed a little bit older than, than well that, but... that's when the avengers started was okay. in the 60s i lied this is 1971 1972 okay even it, it isn't uh so they they this the reason that this is lauded uh, is because there's so many ingredients in here that go into the events where Roy Thomas sat down. He says he wasn't sit, sitting, sitting down to write this big event that became this Cree Skull War. I think that is a uh, post dated term 
for the collection of these nine issues. It wasn't like coming this summer, the Cree Skull War by Marvel right. Comics. He just he just knew he wanted to write something and involve the races of the Cree and the Scroll. And when we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, but it, it has some of the ingredients that we're we're familiar with when it comes to like a large event like Secret Wars or Infinity Wars. Yeah. However, it's sidetracked enough that you do get the sense that it wasn't plotted out to be an event. No, no, because if it were, you wouldn't have weird side stories. But what we what we get, I mean, look, you get this, you get Annihilus, you get Ronan the Accuser, you get the Intelligence Supreme from the Kree, you get Super Scroll, you get the uh, fantastic. Hi, welcome to talk about how can I help you? Uh, yeah, let me get two chimichangas, uh, uh, an Intelligence Supreme, and a Mount Large Mount Dooflet, <laughs> and uh, Super Scroll. Can I get this? <laughs> yeah. the, the Intelligence Supreme comes with tomatoes and sour cream on it. That's how you <laughs> two know. Super Scroll wraps. <laughs> super scroll reps um so you get you get all these characters in the fantastic four pop up you get the you get the the you know you get vision and scarlet witch and uh rick jones and rick jones Jones. Um, i'm rick jones mofos so you literally get all of these big players in what we know of the marvel universe today right these 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 heavy hitters of avengers the weirdest thing though is that Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man are kind of ancillary. Yes. Right? They're like, oh, yeah, dude, we're totally here. Peace. And then they leave. Can I talk about something about the Avengers? So I've read a couple of Avengers books, and maybe I'm reading the wrong yeah. ones. But so here's why the- is it always the Avengers sideline side the three big Avengers? Or if you get them, it's only for a little bit, or you only get like one of them. Like Avengers Forever, you have like Captain America. And it seems like the Avengers do not want to use their big three together at once. It, it's like if Arnold... Sly and I don't know Kurt Russell were all in the same movie together. They're only going to be in one scene together. I think didn't we see that movie, The Expendables, and they were all <laughs> in it together and just high five in each other. But but I think I think I think what it comes down to, Travis, is sometimes we you you look at a story like this and and it's the same thing that happens in the movies, right? Thor's there, problem solved, right? Yeah. Like. They're very powerful. But then you see some of the powers that, that these folks have. We do get Gigantor, though. Or what's his name? We get uh, we get Hawkeye, but he's huge. Oh, um, why, why am I blanking on this? He's like all throughout this book. He's one of the predominant members. Uh, not Gigantor. Um, uh, that's a good call, though. That's probably what I would have called it. It is... Um, Goliath. 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 Clint, God, Clint what a Bar- bad name. Clint Clint Barton with Goliath. Are we um, sidetracking right now and going into an episode of uh, Goliath costume with Josh and Travis? Because should um, we just talk about Goliath's costume right now and get it out of the way? Okay, it is the most bizarre thing you could put a superhero in. It's very bondagey. Yeah. It's very like how was biz- uh, Native American in some ways as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically describing it. Let me let me pull up a. He's wearing a dickie that covers his face. Yes, a dickie is a great way. So it's like someone took a dip. It's like the highest crop top a crop top can go. (laughs) 
You're not just seeing under boob, you're seeing the whole boob. Why has no one cosplayed Goliath? I have never seen a a Goliath cosplay. You have to have balls of steel to cosplay as Goliath from these Avengers issues. Or you've... Or you've got to be totally confident in how ripped you are. Even uh, even Hawkeye as Goliath in this is like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> even he's <laughs> even he's questioning his choices as the bondage I, straps cover his nipples. The crop are they top, metal? The crop are top, they metal? I think so, or some sort of metal. leather type thing. That, like so, the funny thing is like, well, we don't want to show his nipples, so we're gonna put this because you never see his nips. No, you just see the weird metal bar across his chest and shoulder it's like he's wearing a backpack like he's gonna go hiking with a dicky on yeah it is it is like one of those like uh, uh camel packs and then yeah. his belt like goes up over his it's a wrestler it's a wrestler belt a wrestler like, belt worst costume in marvel comics worst costume in marvel comics maybe i'm gonna put that out right here it's very bad it's very bad but you get the wonderful costume of quicksilver great pure costume Vision, good colors, good, good costume. Scarlet great Witch. Face. Vision, uh, depending on who's drawing him, has some great uh, shadowing and stuff on his face sometimes in those colors. Yes. I, it is. So it definitely starts, and you have no idea that it has anything to do with a greater Kree Scroll War. I don't, I don't. Listen, the start of this with the whole. I cannot figure out Captain Marvel and Roy. Uh, Rick Jones, I they still does not make sense to me. I've read so many issues now in the last month that have Captain Marvel or Marvel and uh, Rob Thomas. Rick Jones, <laughs> Rick Jones, uh, and I still don't know like really what their connection is. I don't understand it, Josh. And so when this starts Wait, out, you missed that. You missed that issue of Captain Marvel. See that? Hey, see issue twenty four of Captain Marvel. True believers. <laughs> I thought Stan told us that every book was supposed to be my first comic book. Shouldn't you explain to me what this weird connection is between yeah. Captain Marvel and Rick Jones? And look, if you and I were actual hosts of a podcast who did our work, we'd go and look it up, right? Uh, and we'd go, that's not funny. oh, that's what the connection is. Yeah. But that's not funny, right? I can look right now and see that Rick Jones is a fictional character. Um he, I have no, it doesn't make any sense. He yeah, has been, even, in, the, I, even the Wikipedia, you need like Stan being like, see Wikipedia entry number 23, true believer. He was born in Scarsdale, Arizona. Oh, was he? Yeah, but I don't Southeast know. Southeast Scars- across the border, like Scarsdale, Arizona. Uh, yeah. So Scarsdale, Arizona. Um, he was in a group called the Teen Brigade. They I, would. I heard he helped the CIA sell uh, drugs from South America to inner city black people in the 1980s. Rick Jones, how dare he? <laughs> I'm Rick Jones. Rick Jones. So, okay, so look, Captain Marvel's costume is dope. Yeah. It is. I do like it a lot. It's good. Let's talk really about how this is an event that's not an event at first. Yes. When so and I know this this is old old comics where you would we're not selling them to be a collection. You're not selling them to be an event. You're not selling them to speculators yet, right? So 
there's no reason to do any of that. That's what becomes very apparent is this is way before the ideas of trades were even thought of because there's so much repeated exposition at the beginning of each of these episodes, you know, which is very of the time as what the comics were. It's one of the reasons that going back and reading these old school comics feel sometimes like a chore is because of the amount of exposition on each episode because we're so trained in reading trades that have come out in the last 20 years that to have and we're also comic savvy so we can you know get by with just show me don't tell me and and so it's just a lot of sometimes you feel like they're treating you like you're stupid yes yes and then I have to go like, well, this was written for kids. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're stupid. It's that they're kids. And, and I, you look at this and you, and you get, you get the wasp and not Ant-Man because he's yellow jacket. Hank Pym is yellow jacket in this. Right. So you get this different version of all these characters. They go to an Island to save these scientists. Uh, I don't think he is yellow jacket in this. I think he's still Ant-Man because he goes inside no. the vision as Ant-Man. Uh, well then, no, because he's Yellow Jacket with uh, Janet at the beginning. Oh, right. But later when he goes inside the vision, isn't he Ant-Man? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it depends on what he needs to do. But <laughs> yeah. there are all these like weird, there's all these sort of like turns in story where you're like, okay, where am I getting Cree? Where, where is this happening? Right. You get Ronan the accuser. So you get some Cree stuff. They get accused of like blowing up a, like a, um, an Island or whatever happened with that. So like the Avengers get in trouble. Yes. They're kind of on trial. Yeah. The- let's, let's, let's talk about that. So, uh, cause at, for a second there, I thought it was the introduction of the Savage Land. Because at one point, early on, in the early issues of this uh, event, uh, right. they have to go and they they get they get dropped into this island that's like this prehistoric. It's got everyone has de-evolved into cavemen. These scientists have de-evolved. There's like weird beast and stuff like that. And I'm like, ooh, is this a savage land? No, it's not the savage land. It's just Alaska that they have turned into a prehistoric age. Right. And they get in trouble because uh, they are trying to. At this point, the world thinks that Captain Marvel uh, might be like a traitor, and the Avengers might have helped him out, uh, uh, right. been his accomplice. Right. And so, like, they get in trouble. They get put on trial. Um, and like the Fantastic are four there. The Fantastic are four there, and they like testify against Captain Marvel. Because Captain Marvel's an alien, and everybody's like, what? He's an alien. We can't trust him. Aliens are bad. But we'll trust the robot guy, and we'll trust the thing, a big orange rock. We trust that guy. The, thi- because- uh, the thing's testimony is great. Because <laughs> he's from America. Because he's from America. <laughs> the thing um, is like, listen, I don't know the guy from Adam, all right? Uh, he could be a good guy. He could be a bad guy. Who knows, man? But like, we just calling everyone superheroes these days. I like that he's like, the Avengers I know. That's Thor and Iron Man, guys like that. Not the, not these folks. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling as I'm reading this. I'm like, who is this Quicksilver? He's not so quick, all right? <laughs> oh, bada boom. Uh, but there are some... there the, With the episode when they have to go inside of the Vision... Brilliant. It, it, it's a great issue. Brilliant. It's a great, it's yeah. a great issue. The best issue um, in here. 
one of the best adventures I, in here. I would agree. I would agree with you because it's a fun Ant Man adventure. You get to see what the inside of Vision is like, um, <laughs> which is like a metropolitan city. It reminds me. It reminds me of like a guts or like double dare course from the inside. Right, and somehow he still has like a, a uvula. Vision yeah. has a. He's an android, but he needs a uvula. You don't want him to choke. I think. I think. I think when they build androids, they start at the uvula and then work their way around it. Well, if you look at the picture of the uvula uh, in, on uh, in it, there's like a metal piece behind it. So it's not just it's a it's a robot uvula. Um, I think we've said it. I think we said the word uvula more times than a comic book podcast. Better than vulva. I yes, indeed. Um, but we finally kind of get. It's not until way later in this that we get the scroll. <clears throat> yeah, and we see sort of what the scroll are up to, and they're trying to attack Marvel or Captain Marvel, and there's a lot going on. At one point, the Inhumans play a big role, and and Black Bolt, and uh, there's that sideline. So. There's so much going on in these nine issues. And to be fair, I think Roy Thomas does a really good job of weaving those things together. Uh, You have to pay attention during this book, kind of. uh, You can kind of skim it and see things because the the images are doing so much showing and like kind of explaining to you. It's very poppy, so you, you might get stuck looking at it, and you might go to a page and go like, who are all these weird characters coming out of Rick Jones? Right, because you turn a page, and then they'll introduce, like, now the Fantastic Four are in. Oh, but they're actually uh, scrolls disguised in Fantastic Four. Now you turn the page. Oh, now there's Inhumans. So you really kind of have to read to the, like, read the page ends, turn, what the reveal is, and it's just this this mashup of characters. I think Roy Thomas handles the amount of characters in these nine issues as well as one can, as well as one can. And you get like a, you get good crusty Nick Fury in here. My favorite character in this crusty Nick Fury. He's very good. Crusty Nick Fury. I like vision is probably my favorite in here. It's Um, his story. I think if you, if you had to say whose story this was, I think it's vision story for the most part, maybe, Rick Jones. I think it's yeah. Rick Jones plays too big of a part in yeah. my like because I don't know who Rick Jones yeah. is, and I don't think I ever know who Rick Jones is. Except he's very meta because he's filled with superheroes. Yeah, it's like we're we're, we're interested in this Vision story, and then we get Rick rolled, and then all of a sudden it's about like him and Captain Marvel, and then we get like Blazing Skull, who's a pretty rad superhero. I'm gonna give it to Blazing Skull. Um, he wore a blazing skull. I don't know who he is. Right? The Patriot. It's like all of these off-brand superheroes that we're seeing uh, come out of Rick Jones. Like I found him in a in a like a a different cereal box. Right? Like yeah. not the knockoff version of Fruit Loops. You yeah, get yeah. a you get baseball cards, and inside of it is uh, the Patriot and Blazing Skull. <laughs> You know, I think Ghost Rider going to sue somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is this is kind of this is a book where it is. I'm going to be honest. It is a tough read. Not bad. I don't want to say it was a bad read. Yeah. I want to say like it is dense. It goes 
in different directions than modern comic books would go because in a modern comic book, you're going to tell your story in five issues, get in and get out. Right. Right. Um, you're not going to, in the middle of your story, sidetrack somewhere else, mm-hmm. which is, which is what we kind of get in pieces of this. But I, look, it's interesting to see all these characters that, that are major pieces of the Marvel universe in their early stages in the seventies, right? When right. you get the Cree and the scroll and you have them together and then you get, you know, you get Ronan, the accuser and Annihilus and all of these characters are here and you go like, Oh, okay. I see what we're tapping into. And then I feel like, look, I've never read this before. I'm not that old school Marvel fan. Who's read all of this stuff. I am interested to see like, as we move forward in the MCU, what gets pulled out of this for the next round of stuff, right? Because right. now when we think about it, who is this new crop of Avengers? Well, we don't have Iron Man and we don't have Captain America. Are people going to trust this new batch of Avengers? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Are they easy to be infiltrated by the scroll? Yeah, well, we know we have the Fantastic Four coming down. We know that the scroll is uh, a, a Kirby and Stan creation from the the pages of the Fantastic Four. And the, and the Four. scroll are there because they're in. They're already in Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, they were in exactly. Captain Marvel. Exactly. Yeah, you're so. right. The scroll are there. We already have their design. Yeah, I, it would be interesting to see what they pull from there. They've already pulled some of the Wanda Vision. I think that romance actually you get to see I thought that it romance in this three, book. I th- Although. It seemed very quick. I was like, oh, I like that. That's kind of fun. I see why you do that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if before these issues started, if there was any hints of that, or did the hints start right here? Quicksilver does not like it. Quicksilver's like, no. bro, you better back up off my sis. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I mean, we do get we get vision and some nice like loungewear, which is like he's got a well, not loungewear, but he's like in his uh like in his study. With, yes. a, with a nice sweater on. And we saw and that black. in one of the, the Marvel movies where he's kind of got a sweater on. Yeah. 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 I, I think that this, I think if you're reading comics like we are and, 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 you know, hopping around and exploring things, I don't think, I think I go into this book reading in a different way. I'm not, I'll tell you right now, yeah. Josh, I did not read every panel on in this book. I just didn't. It's just, it just got too dense. Um, and so you can, I kind of like, okay, I know what's going, happening here. Oh, this line looks interesting. Let me read this. So it has that old school, very kitty way of writing Marvel characters. And one of the issues with old Marvel books, I think old superhero books in general, when you have a team like the Avengers, it's hard to give each of the characters individual voices. I think the best right. individual voices in here are Vision, because he is an android. He has a specific way of speaking. Thor, of course. Um, and um, Nick Fury Uh, so they do a good job of trying to separate them but there are characters like Hawkeye and Ant-Man who are just sarcastic and talk and like pop culture things it's it's, it's tough to separate the voice of Captain America and Iron Man Um, so the dialogue tends to kind of run the same for a lot of the characters but they are doing interesting things with key characters and how they're talking and trying to switch up their voice 
And, right. and then I also found that there are hints of what Marvel and DC will do better in the 80s are those narrations where they use the over narration to really say the major themes and really get that good writing in there. There's some really right. strong kind of in, right, pro, st- pros in those narration right. boxes. There are. and and But sometimes it just kind of gets overworked in some of this. Um but it's still I still really I liked diving back into it. I liked learning more about the scroll. I liked learning a little bit about the Cree uh, and seeing that that sort of thing in there, like the, the, the sort of battle between them. But it just like all comic books, you go like, oh, it's over. Well, that wh- where was the big giant war? Right? right. I think we've been we've been like led now that the event has to be this like huge... blackest night. Blackest night is this big opera, operatic event, right? Right. And then we just get like, oh yeah, we're just gonna fight in some other comic book characters, You're gonna come out of Rick Jones and everything will be fine. Right. Right? Like it was like it wasn't like again, it's hard to judge this like we would a modern book because it's 1971. So we're definitely dealing with old school comics. Um, What did you think of the, well, first, like you said that, that, you know, favorite character you said was Nick Fury in here. He plays a a really small, really small part, but it's the perfect small part. Yeah. Right. Um, I would have to give mine to, I think vision's my favorite one in there. Uh, and maybe uh, maybe Scarlet Witch, right? Because those are the yeah. those are the two people you kind of see in all of it. Right. This, this book makes me respect Vision, Vision more as a character. I wish I had read this before Tom King's Vision. I think going back, if I read Tom's King Vision ag- again, I would have a, a a different view of coming into that character, especially since I've literally been inside of him at this point. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel more intimate i've had this you intimate feel relationship more... with the vision i know he's got like magnets flying around as antibodies in his body uh that's that can't be comfortable um no it can't and if you make your way all, all the way up to the top of the vision crag you can get uh, a flag and and <laughs> yeah if you get to the aggro crag you win i think that's how it works <laughs> uh, but like i thought it was fun to kind of see the fantastic four pop in here and see all of these sort of like it you'd mentioned this earlier right it's this crossover feel where you get everybody's kind of showing up in this right we we're going to get the fantastic 4 we're going to get um we're, we're going to get the inhumans we're going to get a, a peek at the galactic side of things with um you know with with the kree and the scroll and captain marvel the only character you don't really see in here that i go like what's spider-man up to during all this right like you see see everybody else and you just kind of go like okay all right spider-man's doing his own thing they mentioned mutants in here there's a mention of mutants we don't get the x-men we know quicksilver and 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 right i I think we you talked earlier about you know how especially with the cover of this it's like captain america and then there's this big galactic thing you think that's going to be taking primarily in space the story is gonna be set in space we don't get to like the really the space aspect until the third act of this and then right. it doesn't have that huge feel that we're used to in the 90s uh and moving forward but i wonder if it was a really huge feel 
because they they do something. I think of I think this is an ingredient to an event that that they ran with later is that we start an event kind of small and domestic, right? It has these small roots to it. All right. right. Rick Jones escapes the negative zone and Captain Marvel is captured. And then uh, it's uh, it's kind of like routine Avengers activity. They have to investigate right. this thing in Alaska. They have to, you know, figure out what's wrong with the vision. They have to do all this stuff. Um, and I love that idea of events starting from these very small roots and then building into it. And so they do go from this very small story to space in the third act. And there's, there's right. spaceships and lasers and negative zone and, and all the Avengers are there. And, uh, you know, the intelligence Supreme uh, is there and he's, he's kind of manipulating things. And so there is an epicness to the end of this uh, that grows from this very small plotted story. And I think they, they that comics took that in the 80s and ran from that. And I think the MCU took that same groundwork when it comes to like the first couple Iron Men and things like right. that and built it into this big galactic you, you do You do start small and you make this big thing. And I think, um, I think the other thing you see them how this becomes what we have modern crossover events or modern events is everybody's in it. Right. Yeah. So an example, uh, we just watched, we, we have, we are not current on anything on the CW Arrowverse. nothing, right? Like we haven't watched it in a couple seasons, but they did the big giant crossover this year, right? It was the crisis on infinite earths. And so we watched it. We watched it today. We watched like, uh, I think we watched one part yesterday and finished the other four parts today, right? So we watched the five part series and it is, these events end up being everybody, you get a little peek at everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Like even the flash from the Justice League movie shows up in it, right? Like the actual actor, you pull everybody in. So when you look at this book, you go like, oh, they are bringing everybody into this, right? Right. We get a look at the Inhumans play a role, even if it's just for an issue, you know, because they've got that connection to the Kree. You know, you've got the, you know, the Fantastic Four play a role. You get get the Ant-Man journey, right? Like Ant-Man's in it, but oh, we're going to give you a taste of like Ant-Man doing Ant-Man stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Even though he's not doing that right now. You get all of these little like tastes of characters and little pieces of them in one way or another. And you get this, this array of villains. And that really is what an event book is, right? How do you bring all of your properties into one place? Mm-hmm. Like when you dumped out your toy box as a kid. Yeah. And you had them all play together, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's the beauty of this shared universe in Marvel is that you get to do that every once in a while. You get to take all your toys out and dump them in a pile and they do that here. And I think they do it in a way where you get, if you were, if you were really into the inhumans, you might go, Oh, there's an inhuman in this. Like there's an, there's an issue of Avengers that's inhuman focused. I'm going to, I'm going to go grab that one. Right. Or, you know, you find these little nuggets to pull everybody's fandom and in the universe into the story, right? So it's not just an Avengers story. So my question to you is, if we're looking at this as kind of like a precursor to those events where we see those ingredients, one of those things you just mentioned, one of those main ingredients is bringing all of the toys in the toy box together. 
Do yeah. you think? Do you think that the future generations of writers have used that well, or have they abused it? Are we? Are you know? That's it. I think it depends. I think in modern modern Marvel, we've overused it. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. other every couple of months, there was an event. Mm-hmm. I think the event has to be something big. It has to be something that doesn't happen all the time because then it's not big anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. So I would say like, I get for like sales purposes, like, Oh, we're do, we do an event every six months. Yeah. Right. But then I go like, do you have to? Right. Can't you do mini events? Can't you do like the Spider-Man universe event? Everybody who's dealing in Spider-Man's world, you tie those books together. Right. Everybody, you know, all your X-Men books, you tie them together. And at one time, every couple of years, you like dump all the toys out and yeah. do something giant with it. I think that, I think that DC does the same thing though, right? Like how many yeah. crisis books have? Well, think about all these Batman events. And we always talk right. about this. It's like, do we have to see the whole rogues villain gallery in this Batman book? Right. It's only five issues. Right. I don't need to do that, but I do, I do think, and I guess that's the one thing about this. That's good is that the enemy is really just Cree enemies and scroll enemies. You're not getting the red skull doesn't show up. You know, you're not getting Thor's villain. Your Loki's not popping in. You get the inhumans, you get the inhumans villain. Uh, (laughs) Right, but you're not. But well, the Inhumans are tied to that pre world. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're not pulling in like Galactus and all of these, and Doctor Doom's there, right? You're not pulling them all in. You're giving like one focus of a villain that all of the Avengers have to go fight, as opposed to, well, we need all the Avengers because every villain is showing up, babe. You know what I mean? Like that's that gets a little too much, right? Yeah overpowered villain yeah, and it becomes I, I i did find i did find what here's why i liked it in this i i did find that it was a bit like we're forcing these characters in however because of the art style i just love seeing as many characters as i could in their 70s form right yeah. you know so to me that's what was fun it was like oh yeah especially me... goliath <laughs> especially goliath man that was that, that outfit and he's always in it. He's always hanging out in it. Yeah, he doesn't take it off. Um, yeah, and so to me, that as we kind of switch into talking about the art in here, to me, the art is what made, uh, you know, slogging through this this deck of dealt out heroes every page uh, worth it. Is because I was like, yeah. ooh, what a cool design! Oh, I'm, that's a very classic design of of the Vision. That's a very classic design of Black Volt. That's a very a super scroll is kind of fun to see on there, you know. Um, right. All the scrolls are so are so great because that that green sticks out so nicely on the page. It pops so it well. Does. It does. And then you look at, and then you go like, well, and they're wearing that sort of magenta color with yeah. it, so they they just pop. Um, and you're right. Those are those. That's the fun part of this is seeing all of these characters in that classic style done by these great artists, right? When you've got Sal and John Buscema doing the art and you've got uh, Neil Adams doing art on it. I love Neil Adams, right? And so you've got all of these great artists doing these classic characters 
in their classic costumes, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is this sort of very sort of fun way, like Neil Adams does a little more crosshatchy, you know, I'm like, ooh, it's Nick Fury kind of looks like Bruce Wayne, right? Like he has that sort of like Bruce Wayne chin to him because Neil Adams, you know, Neil doing all those having been, you know, like a quintessential Batman artist. And, you know, it, it was fun to see all these characters in batshit crazy classic costumes. Yeah. D- do their thing uh in the brightest poppiest colors possible with like these super kirby marvel house style lines well right. not super kirby but definitely marvel house style lines right and it was it was fun like it it was fun to see all those characters um and the coloring on the digital version is great it all those colors are super bright and they pop especially the first couple issues because the ink lines are so thick and those first issues that are done by, uh, Oh man, is it John? We see him in those first issues. Uh, yes, I believe Basim is doing the, no, it's Sal. So Sal, we is doing oh. the, doing the first couple and it's very Kirby like, right. Um, the hands when they reach out are very Kirby like in the thing. And then the ink is the black is so black and the lines are thick. And so when the colors are there, the colors just pop. And it's, it's super fun to see that kind of, that color in there was a ton of fun. I really, I thought the art was great the whole way through. Yeah. And then especially like they'll have backgrounds, but they mix in the backgrounds with just as many flat color backgrounds. And so when you see things like, I just, I'm looking right here on this page, like, Oh, uh, the, uh, Quicksilver there and like the, yeah. the colors and like these pea greens and oranges and all those what you think about when you think of those classic comic palettes are just yeah. like mm, 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 right. Uh, like, I, I wish modern comics uh would do a little bit more of this coloring as kind of like an homage, or at least cer- certain series would kind of take this old school coloring that had to be done this way because of of the printing colors available to them um but it really made the form what it is when it comes to that poppy pow boom bang uh type of uh, style of coloring which i just i just absolutely love these the what what the um the press the color press does to the colors once you put them on on the paper uh i also like that we get two different road and the accuser costumes yes we get him in purple and then we get him like seasonally. He's like, well, now I'm a fall. So I'm wearing green now. I don't. I don't <laughs> and again, I very event like event was a, is a great place to get characters into different outfits. Right. Uh, but I thought the art was great. I thought uh, that was probably the most fun is seeing all of the different. Just just you could just flip through this and just have fun looking at it. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's for me i thought i thought that was that was great um i i again i think this captain marvel costume is is probably one of the best if you had a pick which character design which classic character in here their your costume design do you think is the best what what do you got man oh man um i i love the iron man in here 
I yeah. love old shell top Iron Man. Uh, especially when they do, uh, I don't know who's drawing them here, but when they do the eyes, kind of like that, the slits, yeah, and you still get to see the move. It's not just white in there. It's like yeah. you get to see the movement. I love old shell head in here. I, I just like I like that uh, that that Iron Iron Man design in here. I know it's not kooky. Um, the Ant Man helmet still I just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> It looks like an ant. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would tell you, I think if I had to pick two costumes, um, I would give it up. I think, like I said, I think Captain Marvel's is great. I think the colors work really well. It's, it's big. It's bright. It's very Superman like without a cape. Mm-hmm. Right. Except he's got the sort of like gambit. Dicky part, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I love Quicksilver, man. Quicksilver's little, like his little antenna hairs. I don't know why those exist. Like, why does his hair do that? Quicksilver is definitely the 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 lightest hitter on the totem pole here. I feel like he's not contributing to the team very well. <laughs> I this. would, I and would his attitude is like the worst too. <laughs> it is, but I like his costume. I think his costume is. I think it's fun. I think it's a good classic costume that you wouldn't see used today because it's so classic. Dude, I would love to see you for like Halloween one year, put the old school with the beard and the mustache, the old school uh, Quicksilver thing. On That'd be here. good. Be good times. Uh, but I also, I like, I, there's not one, the only costume that's ridiculous is Goliath's. Otherwise, it's fun to see Thor with those giant boots and Captain America with the giant boots and like I, Triton is so great. The the oh yeah. Uh, yeah it looks like Savage Dragon. It does look like Savage Dragon. Um I also like Vision, like I said earlier, Vision when he's just wearing a sweater, like a collared shirt. Yeah, he's the only one who likes to put on loungewear in the mansion. Yeah, Jarvis yeah, every- is Jarvis is rocking a pretty sweet butler outfit as well. <laughs> he is. I I that that's always that's always really good. Um so I you know I thought the art was great. I thought the character design was great, but here's here's what I here's what I want to know, Travis. Um I'm gonna lay down the gauntlet again because we did this when we when we read um Oh Justice League. Or, Justice uh, League. Space uh space two thousand one Space Odyssey. <laughs> well, we we read a Justice League <laughs> yeah. crossover, right? Yeah. Uh, I want, I, I'm laying down the gauntlet. We need to have another episode where pi- we do our, it's pitch, our pitch off. It's pitch, pitch club. club. Oh yeah, dude. I don't even know where I'd begin with the Avengers. I have, I, I have no idea where I would begin. That's, that's why it's going to be tough. We have to make our pitch club. We're going to take our pitch club. I want to hear who are your five Avengers, five Avengers. Who's their villain. What's, what's the pitch? This, what's the pitch? Okay. Okay, so that's that's our next variant edition is going to be that's a good marvelous summer Avengers. So let's I, I think when we talk about the of Avengers here before going to the favorite panel, what yeah. what I was thinking about as I was reading this as well is when the MCU decided that, hey, what characters do we have the rights to, you know, what what, what can we make? And they realize they have these classic Avengers. And then these are the stories that were around when they started, you know production on right. that you know some of the stories i to me when we think of iron man thor and captain america it's hard to separate from them from the mcu but right. i have more respect for what the mcu did to these characters because they are a little milk toast 
you know, I think some of the, a lot of these early Avengers runs. Now, if we look at like, if we had read things like Demon in a Bottle, the separate Iron Man stories, maybe in their individual issues, you get a little bit more depth on those characters. Right. But in these old Avengers stories, uh, which is what the MCU built towards the Avengers, it's very kind of surface level. We're going on an adventure. And right. Yeah. And it's there's not very, a lot of time for character development. And I think one of the reasons you probably like Vision in here is because he's probably the him and Rick Jones and Captain Marvel. Who? Uh, Rick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I'm. That's who I'm going to cosplay as. Eventually, whenever we can do uh, uh, comic conventions again, I'm going as Rick Jones. What is what is it? What's the song they uh, play when you get Rickrolled? Um, I'm never gonna give you. Up. I feel like every time I'm up. reading a, a Marvel book and uh, Rick Jones shows up, I, that song's gonna now now gonna play in my head. If, if, like, if in the pitch off, it is in our pitch club. If you don't put Rick Jones in your Avengers lineup, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, never but, gonna give you up. Uh, never gonna I lose would, Rick Jones. I would agree with you that. They, when you think of like modern Marvel, when we made those movies, Iron Man was a nobody character, right? We weren't using him. He wasn't big. He wasn't Spider-Man. He wasn't, you know, the, the, he wasn't the X-Men. It was like, yeah, that's an old character that we like who reads Iron Man, but they were able to kind of tap into this, what these early Avengers were, right? And you get these early characters and you get them together. And we're reading this Kree Scroll War. We're getting the second crop of Avengers, right? So we're not reading the original Avengers crew. We're kind of reading like, you know, this new batch. Just how like the Justice League churns in and out who those people are, mm. except for like one person sticks around, right? Like, so we're getting that in this. Like Hank Pym's there, but he's like, I got a new costume. I'm Yellow Jacket, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Like, but you were an original Avenger, man. No, I'm Yellow Jacket now. I'm hip. It's the 70s. Uh, who's, but, that the, who's that in the corner? Never going to give you up. Uh, never going to break. Oh, <laughs> ah, snap. We got Rick Roll again. <laughs> All right. So, but so favorite panels. This is an interesting one to kind of pick favorite panels from. But I want to I want to know what your favorite panel is. Uh, Travis Ratz. My favorite panel is for a reason that I've never picked a favorite panel before. Normally, oh, I like no. to pick ones where people are smoking. Yes. <laughs> but this one, it's all about the font, baby. And what I'm oh, looking at here, it's a, it's a movie poster. It's it is a, a freaking movie poster. It's a it's creature from the Black Lagoon. This is on in digital version uh, 157. It's got Black Bolt on it. It's where they return... Uh, it's where they take with Black Bolt, they return to where the Inhumans are living, and Black Bolt is talking to all his people and asking them to lay down their weapons. He says, hear me, oh my people, I am Black Bolt, your rightful ruler, lay down your weapons and obey. And because Black Bolt doesn't talk so much, they've really emphasized how important that voice is by this almost creature by the black, power, right? yeah, this old it's movie monster right. font yeah. that just goes over this neon yellow backdrop. And then we have the inhumans below just like trembling in terror at the words just mm. that's a good one that's a good one i went with one that is probably not something i would normally pick because it's not a big action sequence it's not anything like that um it is on page 53 in your digital read 
Comicsology Digital Read. It is the Wanda and Vision about to kiss panel. So you get them like Wanda, then you were captured oh, even as yes. And they get close. And that last panel is so pop. It is yeah. so wonderfully It's like Lich- Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. It is very Lichtenstein. Uh, and then literally like they turn away, right? Like they almost embrace. And then like, no, it must not be. And and so there's just that buildup. And when you're, when you're a kid reading this in 1971 and you're like, oh my gosh they're going to kiss. Ooh, and like kissing is this very sort of like, like open mouth too. This isn't, this isn't a peck on the cheek. No, this, this is, is like, like a, a mouth's open Wanda's tongues pouty, gaping. Right. Wanda's pouty mouth going in for it. Uh, that is a, it is literally like one, two, three, four colors. Yeah. That's all it is. Right. Like red, yellow green and that sort of flesh color of uh you know like uh you know the peachy color of of the scarlet witch's skin and it is just that thing right there if i could get they're not synchronous onto onto one page but if i could get those three yeah and then the panel at the top i might just make it myself right now ready yeah just screenshotted it. Uh, I'm Drop gonna build it. it. I'm gonna build it myself so I can so I can have my own version of it. Uh, it'll be perfect. There we go. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my wall. I'm gonna print it yeah, out. Yeah, it would be awesome if some way you could remove those word bubbles, but it works with them too. I do like the word bubbles though. I like that the idea of like. But us, a thing, oh. a thing of plastoid flesh and synthetic blood. That's the name of my next album. <laughs> plastoid flesh and synthetic blood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Actually, actually, I'm gonna put that in my uh, uh, in our in my Twitter handle right now. That's gonna be my... <laughs> the best. Is if you look at like Ronan. If you don't read the bubbles, you look at Ronan's face in the panel that follows <laughs> it. Totally it looks it, like right? he's just like, oh yes, and <laughs> I was there too. <laughs> <laughs> but so I like I I enjoyed it. I do not know who I would give this to. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess I'm gonna go right in the nose. Just someone who likes old. Um, yeah, I, someone who's like who wants old comics. I wouldn't give this to like someone who's getting no. into comics or who no, hasn't no, no. been in comics for a while. No. Travis, what I want you to do is I want a shirt that says a thing of plastoid flesh and synthetic blood. And it's just I like want... some pouty red lips. <laughs> nope, I just want the words. I just want the shirt to say a thing uh <laughs> I'm a thing of plastoid flesh and synthetic blood. Oh, you blood. want the I'm in there? I, it's not there, but I think that should be part. It's like implied. It says, I'm an android, a mere copy of a living being. A th- Actually, a thing might just work. Just a thing. of. Pl- I like it. I think yeah, that's... Yeah, it's very Blade Runner. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> just I can a make plain, that happen. A plain t-shirt with those words. If I could get it in that font from my panel... Yes. Then that now we're talking. Yeah, if we can find the comic, not quite comic sans. Do we font. do it? Do you do it like on a yellow shirt and green so it's like vision-esque or 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 not? I think you can only get the shirt in yellow or green. Those yes. are your green those are your green prices. shirt, red font or yellow shirt, red font. 
or green, green shirt yellow green shirt yellow font green shirt yellow font yes yeah, yeah yeah but plastoid or blood is written in red green shirt yellow font blood is written in red green shirt yellow font blood is written in red the the red won't pop on the green as much well then yellow but the, he's green so you gotta play with it we'll play with it we'll play with it. got yeah. it got it got it <laughs> welcome to behind the scenes of the uh of the podcast ladies and gentlemen we, we're glad you're here with us uh, but you're right i don't think i would give this to someone who's not a giant nerd who doesn't want to go romp through some fun stuff because if you liked captain marvel the movie if you're interested to see what the kree and scroll are about in the marvel universe read a wikipedia entry yes yeah. If you're not, if you're not like, if you don't want to go dig into deep comics, don't. Yeah. It wasn't and, bad. And I'm, I'm sorry if you listen bad. to this episode for us to break down the Kree Skull War and what happened, because that's not what we did. We talked about kind of like in more of it being how the, this be, blossomed into what Marvel's becoming. Because during our Marvelous Summer, we're trying to, we're reading specific runs, yes, but. We're also trying to come up with a thesis about Marvel, like right. trying to get like what really is that quintessential thing that separates Marvel from DC in our own enjoyment of comics. Right, because we will freely admit we on this show have outread DC over Marvel. But I will tell you, I never saw myself as a DC person until we started diving into old books. Me either. I wouldn't. I would, I, I would not have put my flag in that camp. Right. But for whatever reason, I am enjoying it way more than that. But that's not to say anything. That's not to say it's bad or anything. I don't want to grow up. I'm a DCU kid. There's a uh, bunch of Rooks and Marvel that I just didn't read from Rick Ross. (laughs) But I think it's because when we were when we were kids, Wolverine was a badass. Punisher was a badass. It all goes back to 90s X-Men cartoon, man. Right. That's what did it. But I also Batman the animated series, though. Right, but it was just Batman. That's true. So I loved, I've always, I will always love Batman. Batman is, and that's what I would tell my kids. My students would ask me like, DC or Marvel, Mr. Buckley? I'm like, well, Marvel, but Batman's the best. Yeah. But that's, that's been my long-term like stance on comic books. But I feel like in our DC trudge over the last, in trudge isn't the right, but our DC sort of like endeavor over the last year, I've just kind of gone like, I really like this stuff. It's, it's really good. Um, but let's talk what's coming up on Marvelous Summer. We are going to do some uh, Wolverine. We've mentioned this before. We're going to do Claremont and Miller on Wolverine. We just did this wonderful Marvel. We are going to find, uh, we've got a couple things that we're looking at uh, about pulling in some other stuff. We were going to do Howard the Duck, but it's too damn expensive. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to find an offbeat one. We're thinking about maybe a blade. We're thinking about maybe finding maybe some, maybe just a couple issues of Howard the Duck to talk about. Right, right, right. So, you know, we might grab three issues in a row of Howard the Duck and just read a little Howard the Duck, but we're not yeah. going to spend, we're not going to make you spend $20 to join us on a, or 30 bucks to join us on a, on DuckTales? A on a DuckTale? On a DuckTale. We don't, Woo. we don't that to you uh but we are we're gonna read some 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 marvel and not not the big new stuff we're just we're gonna we're gonna dive a little back baby yeah. we're gonna read we're gonna read a little spider-man we're with pick a little uh, there we're gonna pick a little there we're gonna pick from right. a little there we're gonna read spider-man from when we were kids yeah we're gonna we're gonna read some todd mcfarland spider-man yeah. uh and we're gonna put on acid wash jeans and it's gonna be good times 
All right, and we need to make a thing. If if Rick Jones shows up again, there will be some sort of consequence or some sort of prize. I don't know what it's going to be yet, <laughs> but we don't know what's we don't know what's coming down these books. But I feel like if Rick Jones pops up again, we have to like do some sort of weird, crazy bet. I think we make shirts that say "I'm Rick Jones." Yes. Okay. <laughs> we get sued. <laughs> uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for tuning in. You can find all of our episodes on the website, plus all of the little details about the show notes at www.comicexposure.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Comic Exposure. So, if you want to know when an episode drops, uh, or you want to know. What we might have coming up, you can check us out on those places. Uh, we've got a pretty solid flow of shows coming out. So it's been, if you're a listener, you've been able to listen, it's, it's baby. It's a heavy flow. It's been a heavy flow the last couple it, of months. It has been. And so you're with us on this journey, and we appreciate it. We hope that you'll you'll be down with us for a marvelous summer, that even if you're not reading the books, you enjoy the ridiculousness that is us talking about them. Uh, next, next up. up. Is it, uh, it will, oh, I'm not, next we, we got a, we got a, we got a pitch off coming soon. Yeah. Pitch. I'm hoping either the next episode is going to be pitch, pitch club, or it's going to be, uh, or it's going to be Wolverine. Some Wolverine. Yeah. It's either going to be pitch club or Wolverine. So that, that's, that's what we got coming up guys. So if you want to go back and find yourself that Wolverine, that Frank Miller, Claremont run, uh, classic Wolverine four issues, Join us for that. It's going to be a good and it's going to be a good conversation. Uh, we're hoping to have Dr. Dan back on the show. We'll see if he can make it, but we're going to talk Wolverine either way. Uh, pitch off is coming. We hope you enjoyed the last episode we did on bog bodies. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next trade. Down.